in life. And you guide us in above all things you love us. What an amazing thing it is to be loved by you. So Father, today we are asking you to love us. To love us with your words. To instruct us with your words of wisdom. So we ask your Holy Spirit to come and speak to us today. And so, Father, we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that no darkness will be able to prevent us from hearing your voice and that you bless this place with your angels in the north, in the south, in the east, in the west, above and below. And that today we will be going home filled with your joy, with your hope, with your peace, with your uh, love, with your faith, with your um, understanding with your wisdom. For those are the things that you deposit in us. And so we want to open up our heart to you today and say, yes, I want all those things. We bless you, Holy One, for you are the only one who is worthy of our praise. Thank you for the teaching today. May you prosper it. May you multiply it. May the seed come and be in good soil and give to 60 to 100%. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. So I want to talk to you today about something... Um, that the Lord put in my heart last night. And um, I went to this uh, festival yesterday to interpret dreams. And we were um, ministering to people, and it was really amazing. And I was so on fire because people were crying. People were giving their lives to Jesus. And I was there, and I and I was looking at their faces in and, and the Lord started to speak to me about um, how you are when you come to Jesus. And then there is a walk that we do. And uh, sometimes we don't know that we're always in transition because we're always walking. Life is about changes. Life is about walking. Life is not about staying in one place. And so the Lord, um, after I was meditating on all these people that who wanted more out of life, you know, they were very focused on what they wanted. And they was like, I want this. Can you pray for this? I want, uh, I want this and that. And I want to achieve this. Can you pray for that? And so I went home and I was meditating. And so the Lord started to speak to me about Psalm 23. So um, let me read it to you from the message version. And it says, God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. You have bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word, you let me catch my breath and send me in the right direction. 
Even when the way goes through the death valley, I am not afraid when you walk at my side. You, you your trusty shepherd's uh, crook makes me feel secure. You serve me a six-course dinner right in front of my enemies. You revive my drooping head. My cup brims with blessings. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Isn't that beautiful? Did you see the picture? It's like um, we went from uh, this amazing place in which we basically we are born. We are born in this beautiful place of meadows and green pastures. And then we start to walk. And we pass through the valley of death. But our final destination is not there. What is our final destination? Is to sit with the Lord in a banquet in front of our enemies. And it is right over there where the Lord will revive all the things that have been broken and uh, have died in our walk through the valley of death. And when we are revived, it says, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. Isn't that beautiful? God is chasing after us every day. And then while I was meditating and I was looking at this picture, it was so beautiful. And the Lord started to talk to me about Moses. And so I started to, um, to, to see his life. And um, he started to say to me, um, do you, can you see Moses walking this uh, walk in Psalm 23? And I started to remember, and uh, Moses was a man who was destined to die from the very beginning because, um, as you know, uh, boys were not allowed to be born in the Jewish, in the Israelite community because the um, Egyptians were afraid that uh, they were multiplying too quickly, so they wanted to get rid of the boys. But when this boy was so cute and was born, and the mother said, uh, I don't, I don't want to get rid of my son. So they put them in this little river, and uh, guess who found this baby? The daughter of the king of the land, of Pharaoh. And she looked at the boy, she fell in love with him, and she said, um, you're mine. Uh, just raise him. And, and, the, and uh, I forgot the name of Moses' sister. Um, she was there when um, Miriam. Miriam was right over there when, when the king, uh, the daughter's king found uh, Moses. And, uh, and, and she said, here, take the baby, raise him. And, and then when he was old enough to be, you know, the, uh, to live with, with the daughter of the king, he was brought to the palace and he was raised as royalty. And he knew he had a destiny. And uh, many times when we are with the Lord, we know it's like, it's this feeling that we have here. We know we are, uh, we are destined for greatness. Have you felt that? 
that, uh, that you were uh, destined for greatness and that you're going to change things and that you're going to do something really amazing. And that is not of you. That is the destiny that God has put in your life. And God wants you to get excited about your destiny because you were created for greatness. Just like Moses that was taken out of uh, the, basically the mouth of death, as David used to say. He was taken out, and then what? He was raised as royalty, just like us. We are children of the most high king, right? And so in his journey, he knew he had a destiny. He knew that he was supposed to liberate all the people who were oppressed by the Egyptians. And uh, all was well. He was aware of his destiny. But there was one thing that he tried to do. He tried to do it in his own understanding. And one day, he got outside of the palace, went to see where the uh, slaves the Israelites were working, and he saw how this Egyptian was like really uh, uh, causing really damage to one of his brothers, the Hebrew brothers, and he got mad. And he went and killed this man and hid the body inside the sand. He looked around, nobody saw him, and he thought, oh, I got away with it. Went inside the palace, and he was thinking, you know, this is my destiny. I'm going to do it. And I don't know what he went, went through his head, but taking the life of somebody is not something that is light. And the next day, or I don't know if it was the next day, but the next sentence is that he went out outside and he saw two of his brothers fighting. And he went to the one who started the fight and said, what are you doing? Stop fighting your brothers. And then the man turns around and says, and who are you to judge me? Who are you to judge me? You kill a man, are you going to kill me too? And at that moment, he was filled of fear, and I'm assuming of shame as well. He couldn't go back home because he knew that Pharaoh was going to kill him. He couldn't go back to the Hebrews because the Hebrews didn't respect him. So what did he do? He had to fly to a, a land called, uh, let me see if I can pronounce it correctly, M Meridian? Miriam? Miriam. And so um, the scripture doesn't say um, how far away it was from Egypt, but I found on the internet that it was about 400 kilometers from his home. So he had a long run, wouldn't you say? He was running, running away. He started to run 400 kilometers. That's a lot. It's like from here, let's say to, I think it's Carmel, something like that. It's a long, it's a long walk. And so he stayed there for 40 years. That's how long his break was. And I cannot imagine him going to this other land where nobody knew him. He was a foreigner. He had to start making friends again. And he felt like, you know, I lost everything. He lost his destiny. He lost his royalty. He lost his heritage. He lost everything in one day. 
and he went to this place where nobody knew him and uh, stayed there for 40 years. And I cannot imagine Moses saying, I'm going to go back and I'm going to reclaim my destiny. He didn't want to do that. He found a place in which he found this priest who had a lot of daughters and the priest gave him one of his daughters because he had been kind to them. And uh, um, he was there for 40 years. Can you imagine what went through his mind? Um, In Genesis, when God talks about the fall of man, it says that the first thing that happened when the fall of man happened, when they ate of the forbidden fruit, was that um, Adam and Eve were full, filled with shame. Every time we do something that we are not supposed to do, we hurt others, or we hurt ourselves, or we hurt our relationship with God, we are filled with shame. I don't know if you have experienced that. And uh, then you become fearful, and then you're filled of guilt. And I imagine that that's what Moses was going through. For 40 years, he might have said, what did I do? I lost my destiny. I lost everything. Why did I do such a silly thing to get angry and kill a man? But God is all this time And even though he felt that he was in a stuck place, he was like in the valley of death. There was no really life coming out of him, no desire perhaps to live. Out of that walk, because his walk never stopped, God was using all this time to speak to him. And one day, after him being a royalty, He became a shepherd. And I want you to hear what happened to him. I'm sure you know this story. So Exodus 3 says, Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro. That was his father-in-law. The priest of Midian. He led the flock to the west end of the wilderness and came to the mountain of God, Horeb. The angel of God appeared to him in flames of fire blazing out of the middle of a bush. He looked, the bush was blazing away, but it didn't burn up. Moses said, what's going on here? I can't believe this. Amazing. Why does the bush, why doesn't the bush burn up? God saw that he had stopped to look. God called to him from out of the bush, Moses, Moses. He said, yes, I'm here. God said, don't come any closer. Remove your sandals from your feet. You are standing on holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face, afraid to look at God. God said, I've taken a good long look at the affliction of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries for deliverance from their slave masters. I know all about their pain, and now I have come down to help them. Pry them loose from the grip of Egypt. Get them out of that country and bring them to a good land with wide 
open spaces, a land lush with milk and honey, the land of the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, the Israelite cry for help. They ha the cry has come to me. I've seen for myself how cruelly they've been treated by the Egyptians. It's time for you to go back. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the people of Israel, out of Egypt. Moses answered, God, but why me? What makes you think I could do ever, that I could ever go to Pharaoh and lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? I'll be with you, God said, and this will be the proof that I am the one who sent you when you have brought my people out of Egypt. You will worship God right here in this very mountain. Then Moses said to God, suppose I go to the people of Israel and tell them, God of your father sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? What do I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Tell the people of Israel, Israel, I am sent me to you. God continued with Moses. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. God, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob sent me to you. This has always been my name, and this is how I always be known. Isn't that interesting? What an amazing spiritual encounter with God. You think your life is over, and God shows up. And all of a sudden, he says, guess what? You remember that thought you had? that you were created for greatness, still alive, and you're going to go and do it. Oh, but I'm, I'm old now. I don't have the same energy. I don't have time. I don't have the money. I don't have these. I don't have that. And the Lord is saying, mm, you know what? You were created for greatness. And that's what you're going to do. Isn't that amazing? Just when we think our life is over, it isn't. Because our destiny, it is not the land of the valley of death. We've been going in this country through a lot of uh, hardship when it comes to finances, unemployment. We've been going through a lot of hardship when it comes to, you know, when all these things are happening, uh, marriages break, uh, friendships break, uh, you uh, break uh, covenants with people because, you know, perhaps you lose your job. All these things are happening. All these losses are going on. All these things that were alive are becoming dead. And we are all of a sudden in the middle of the valley of death. Everything that is around us is dying. And we think, where is God? Where is God in all of these? All my dreams, all these things that I have planned, all of them had died. What do I do? The thing is that we don't have to do anything because God, what does he say in Psalm 23? That he's going to take me through the valley of death. Because uh, the valley of death is like being in warfare. 
you really have to contend for what you believe in, right? You believe in this God who is awesome, and you have to contend, but that's not the destiny. Being in that place of darkness is not the end of our journey. The end of our journey is to have a banquet in which God will revive every single part of us that has been dead. He will call out to us and say, you are the person that I created you to be and you will live again because I created you for greatness. And he calls you out of that place in which you feel dry, in which you feel depleted, in which you feel like you cannot give anything else. And he calls you to live again. And he said, come out of it, I will feed you. And I will love you. And I will chase after you all the days of your life. How about that for a, a love story? Isn't that awesome? That is our love story. That is our love story. God is not going to let us live in the valley of death. He is going to take us out of there and love us and chase after us every single day of our life. I want to tell you something that happened to me, most of you know. My car was vandalized, and um, they used this huge rock. I'm not lying to you. It was about this big. And they broke the uh, passenger window, and they spread the, uh, all the uh, glass all over my car. They broke the windshield, they broke the wiring connection, they broke the ignition. And, uh, you know, when I saw that, I was trying not to be angry, and, uh, and I just let it go, right? And I was like, this is worth it, and I don't have the money to fix this, but you will help me out. And I kept praying that, but on, on Tuesday, I had to deal with my car because um, I had problems with the insurance company. They didn't want to pay for certain things. And so I was on the phone for like three hours, you know, asking for what I was supposed to be paying for. And so when I actually, they moved my car. Thank you. When they moved my car and I actually saw in what shape my car was, I was kind of angry because I bought my car three years ago and I named it Mercy. Because I said, this is your mercy, God. This is your mercy from you to me. This is a gift that you're giving me because my car, my old car, just wouldn't function anymore. And so I bought this car because it was out of the mercy of God. And I always said to the Lord, this is your car. You take care of it. And all of a sudden, you know, Mercy is broken and shattered. And I was looking at it and I was like, and I started to get angry. And I started to pray to the Lord and I said, I don't want to be angry about this. I want to be thankful because that's what you said I need to be thankful about everything. 
And so I started to pray and I said, thank you, Lord. I don't know the reasons why, but you're going to get me through these and you're going to give me the money. And I just started to praise the Lord. And for three days, I did that. On Friday night, I went to this gathering with my friend. And they were listening to this awesome tape about, you know, uh, the journey of your life. And uh, when they were done, you know, part of the part of the things that the the uh, message was about it was that God was the rock, God was the foundation of our life. And when, every time they said the word rock, all I could see was the rock in the middle of my car that was used to break my mercy. And so we started to pray. And the Lord started to speak to me and he said, are you angry? And I said, yes, I am. How could you allow these to happen to mercy? Wasn't she yours? And I said, I'm angry because you couldn't take care of it. What happened? And the Lord started to say to me, what is the meaning of your car in dreams? Isn't that your career and your life? And I said, yes. So what, is, uh, mer- what does mercy mean to you? It's my career, my life. What I'm going through right now, that's my life. And he said, yes. And what is the rock? <laughs> and I said, that's you. You broke my mercy. And then he said, that's right. That's what I did to your mercy. Because, he said, there are values in your life that needed to be shattered by the truth. And I want you to change your lifestyle in certain places so you can start trusting me. Because all those places, unless I broke them, you wouldn't trust me. And I started to cry. And I said, thank you, Lord, for breaking up my mercy. And, I, and he said, what I'm doing here is I'm growing you up. I don't want you to stay in the valley of death. I want you to get out of there and do not start looking like you Life is all about all the things that you lose and all the things that go dead. I want you to look at me and say, revive my drooping head and give me the life that you promised me so I'm not staying in the valley of death. But I grew up and I learned just like a child that the monster that is underneath the bed doesn't have any power over me anymore. But I am a grown-up that knows that I have power over darkness. That I have the power to say to the darkness, get away from me. And I am in a place where I am fed with the Lord and I learn how to be loved and how to love him back. That is what growing up means. Allowing the Lord to give you growing pains so that you know him. That you know how merciful he is. 
that he allows these things so that you break off the old molds and you allow the goodness of God to come and change you so that you can look at God with different eyes. So that you can look at him and say, yes, I see it every day. You chase after me and you love me and you give me a banquet in front of my enemies and it's not about what's been stolen from me or what has been killed or what has been lost. It's about you giving me new stuff and you loving me with such an amazing, passionate love that you just want to give me what I need. That is growing up. That is the journey of life. Trusting God with the most, the parts that are broken and doubtful and insecure. And you go and say, break them all again so I can learn again how to be with you so that I can go back and receive that amazing greatness that you told me I was born to be so that I achieved that destiny that you said I was born for greatness. I want that because that is our final destination. Our destination is not the valley of death. Our final destination is that place in which we are chased by the love of God minute after minute after minute for the rest of our lives here and through eternity. Isn't that amazing? That is our destiny. And just like Moses said, you know, he asked, who are you? Because God has to be personal. You cannot take the God of your parents or the God of your friends. God has to become your friend, your confidant, your security. All these things he wants to achieve in you so you know that he loves you. And he wants to um, be that intimate part in you in which you come and you say, who are you? And God answers you, I am who I am. And we're no longer ashamed of who we are. And we're no longer afraid of who we are. And we're no longer guilty about who we are. But we're okay. We're loved. We're at peace. We're in faith. We're ready to walk because we're ready for the banquet. And that's, that is the I am that is in you and that is in me. The I am who wants to say, I am everything you dreamed of. Every single good thing. In our home group, we study the names of God, and I want to read these names to you. I am he 
who leads you in the paths of righteousness. That is Psalm 23. I am the Lord who exercises loving kindness. Jeremiah 9.24. I am your confidence. Proverbs 3.26. I am God who comforts you. Isaiah 51.12. I am your exceedingly great reward. Genesis 15.1. I am your high tower. Psalms 144.2. I am God who teaches you to profit. Isaiah 48.17. I am the just rewarder of all who seek me. Hebrews 11.6. What do you feel in your gut when you hear these names? Is your gut going crazy saying, yes, you are? That's who you are to me? Is your God going crazy saying, I'm looking forward to, towards tomorrow to see how you're going to love me? This is a sign of maturity. When we start to know really close the God who made us and we are so willing to go for that destiny of greatness that is all written all over your DNA. Moses had an amazing, an amazing spiritual encounter in front of the burning bush. I'm wondering today, would you like to have that encounter with the Lord? God is calling you and saying, your name, calling you out of the valley of death into that greatness in which you are loved by the Lord. Are you ready to have that encounter with God? The one who calls you Jedediah, that's what God called Solomon, Jedediah which means loved by the Lord. That's what the Lord wants to call you today. He's saying, Jedediah, come to me. And so I want to extend an invitation to you today. Would you like to be touched by the burning bush? Is your name Jedediah? Do you want to be touched by the Lord? Amen. Come on over here. We're going to pray for you. If your heart is to be touched by the Lord, I want to invite you to come to the front and be touched by the Lord. Thank you, Lord. What's your name? We just bless you. We bless you. We bless you, Lord. And I'm going to call you Jedediah because you are loved by God. And you're not here by mistake. You are here to receive that fire, to be called to that greatness that you know is in your belly. And so I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I call you out of the valley of death into your destiny today. And I bless you in the name that is the most high name, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
in any of your chains that are putting you in bondage, I break them off in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I set you free from any guilt, from any shame, from any fear. And I declare you free to worship the one who made you. And I bless you to have the freedom to go and achieve and to, and to, to hold on to your destiny because you were created for greatness. And so I bless you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.